Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of Acts. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. I hope you all have been having a good week so far. It's been a very nice week for me. I've enjoyed my time. The weather has been beautiful. Yesterday was absolutely perfect weather. It was like 50 degrees. The snow was melting. It was perfect. And I actually was able to go outside and open my windows for a little while and get the fresh air in. Oh, so good. So nice. And I am very much looking forward to spring this year. And I'm actually going to try something new. I am going to try tapping some of my trees for maple syrup. So we'll see how that goes. Wish me luck as I take on a new endeavor. And also, if anybody knows how to tap trees, contact me and let me know because I have no clue. (laughs) I have no clue how to do it. But guys, I really want to thank everybody who has supported me over on coffee because through your generous support, that is how this podcast continues to function. But let's go ahead and read Acts 22 verses 23 through 30. And where we left off on Tuesday, we talked about how Paul had just gotten arrested and how this angry mob came up against Paul and tried to put him to death without any court procession, without any knowledge of what he had done wrong. Like Paul truly had done nothing wrong. All Paul had done was go to the temple with four people who he was sponsoring so that these four people could fulfill their vows. And Paul was paying for that. And the reason Paul decided to sponsor those men in the first place was so that the Jews could see him going to the temple and helping people fulfill a vow because this whole preconceived notion had arisen about Paul that he was telling Gentiles to totally abandon the Old Testament, basically. But that was not true. Paul never once told the Gentiles to abandon the Old Testament. It was all hearsay. So they see Paul in the temple. They grab him. They start beating him to the point of practically death. So the Romans, who are all over Jerusalem at this time period, see another riot start happening. They're just like, oh my gosh, another riot. So they check out what's happening and Paul is getting beaten. So they take Paul. They actually carry him up into their barracks and they question him. They think that he is this Egyptian guy that had started a riot previously, but he explains, no, I am not that Egyptian guy. Can I please go speak again to my Jewish brothers and sisters? So Paul goes outside with the Roman officers. He's standing up on the steps and he addresses the Jewish people that are basically ready to kill him. But the second he starts speaking in Hebrew to the Jewish people, they actually get super silent. They are originally extremely angry to the point of trying to kill Paul, and now they are listening to his words. But the second Paul tells the Jewish people that Jesus had sent him to go and minister to the Gentiles and spread the good news to them, they freaked out. They started rioting all over again. And that is where we leave off today. So let's read Acts 22, 23 through 30. As they cried out, they threw off their cloaks and threw dust into the air. The commanding officer commanded him to be brought into the barracks and ordered him to be examined by scourging, that he might know for what crime they shouted against him like that. When they had tied him up with thongs, 
Paul asked the centurion who stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and not found guilty? When the centurion heard it, he went to the commanding officer and told him, watch what you are about to do, for this man is a Roman. The commanding officer came and asked him, tell me, are you a Roman? He said, yes. The commanding officer answered, I bought my citizenship for a great price. Paul said, but I was born a Roman. Immediately, those who were about to examine him departed from him, and the commanding officer also was afraid when he realized that he was a Roman because he had bound him. But on the next day, desiring to know the truth about why he was accused by the Jews, he freed him from the bonds and commanded the chief priests and all the council to come together and brought Paul down and set him before them. So don't forget that the majority of the Romans did not speak Hebrew. So when Paul is addressing the Jewish crowd in Hebrew, most likely the Roman officers had no clue what Paul and the Jewish people were saying, and they probably didn't really care that much either, but they didn't know what was going on. And that's why this Roman officer is so confused as to what's happening. He is assuming that Paul is some sort of terrible criminal based upon the reaction of the crowd, because in this Roman officer's mind, the crowd is acting absolutely wild and he can't figure it out. Because at one minute, they're trying to kill Paul. The next minute, he's he's addressing them in Hebrew and they're listening so intently as if he's, you know, this great leader. And then a second later, the crowd freaks out. They freaked out. Here's what it says. The crowd listened to Paul until he said that. And then they lifted up their voice and said, rid the earth of this fellow for he isn't fit to live. So suddenly the crowd goes wild. They're throwing off their cloaks. They're throwing dust in the air. And they are getting ready to stone Paul, most likely, because remember the last time people threw their cloaks off, they actually threw them at the feet of Paul when Paul was a young man, back when he was still persecuting Christians. And they threw their cloaks off in order to go stone Stephen, the first martyr of Christianity. And Paul was like totally cool with that back in those days. So now this crowd is doing the same thing to Paul. They're throwing off their their cloaks, they're throwing dust in the air, most likely trying to grab stones from the ground and all this dust is suddenly everywhere. And the Roman officer is looking at all this and he's like, what just happened? All of a sudden the crowd is going haywire, trying to kill this man again. When a few seconds ago, he was addressing the crowds with like dominance. So the Roman official has no clue. He takes Paul is what it says and orders him to be examined by scourging that he might know for what crime they shouted against him like that. Now, it turns out, as we found out on Tuesday, the reason the crowd was so angry at Paul was because Paul said that Jesus came to him and told him to be a missionary to the Gentiles. The Jewish people believed themselves to be so much greater than the Gentiles, that they could never believe that the Gentiles were given freedom in Christ. Most likely, they either believed that the Gentiles just couldn't be saved, or they believed that the Gentiles would have to become Jewish first, like convert to Judaism, in order to be able to become a Christian. They couldn't handle that Jesus had given salvation freely to the Gentiles because the Jewish people believed themselves to be so much greater than the Gentiles based upon their ancestry, based upon their family lines. Now, of course, the, the Roman official 
who can't understand anything that's happening here, has no clue what's going on with this. And so he orders Paul to be scourged in order to figure out what crime Paul has committed. Now, scourging was extremely cruel, extremely cruel, more so than whipping. In fact, scourging could actually make a person go crippled or kill a person very quickly. It was a tactic that the Romans would use in order to get information from the people that they were scourging. So they bring Paul in. They tie his hands, it says, with thongs, meaning with leather bands. And they probably tied his his hands around a pole. And the Roman officer is about to start beating Paul with a scourge. And Paul calmly says to the Roman officer, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and not found guilty? (laughs) Just the amount of calmness that Paul had here in such a traumatic situation. This reminds me of a verse from 2 Timothy that says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control or of a sound mind, depending on the version that you read. And Paul responded so calmly here. It just reminds me of that spirit of power and sound mindedness that God gives his people where we, even though we might be feeling fearful, God's spirit calms that fear and gives us something so much better, a sound mind, power and love for other people, even though we might initially have felt that fear. So Paul calmly asks the Roman official who is about to start beating him, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and not found guilty? (laughs) And yes, Paul was a Roman citizen. So the centurion hears it and immediately puts his scourge down and goes to his commanding officer and he says, watch what you're about to do because this guy I just found out is a Roman citizen. And it turns out that Roman citizens had special privileges as compared to non-Roman citizens in this time period, a Roman citizen couldn't get handcuffed first and foremost without uh, first being found guilty. And they certainly couldn't get scourged. A Roman citizen never got scourged unless they had done something seriously wrong. That was the only way a Roman citizen would get scourged. So already the Roman officials actually broke the law by even tying Paul's hands together. He should have never been handcuffed, but because they assumed that he was a Jew that was a non-Roman citizen, they just did whatever they wanted to do with him. Because yes, even though the Jewish people really hated the Gentiles, the Gentiles also hated the Jews and still do to this day. So it's not like the Gentiles were in the right either. But the head Roman official goes out to Paul and he asks him, he's like, are you a Roman citizen? And Paul is like, yes, I am. And so most likely, I'm sure Paul had some sort of a card with him or a ticket or something to show his Roman citizenship, because if he didn't, why would this this commander believe him? So Paul probably produced some evidence here to this officer that he was, in fact, a Roman citizen. And the officer probably looked at it and he looks at it and he says to Paul, I bought my citizenship for a great price. And that's very much looking down on Paul, if you think about it, because Paul probably looks extremely pathetic, tied up to that pole, beaten already, 
about to be beaten. And not only that, Paul is a Jew and the Romans disliked the Jewish people very greatly. So probably this this Roman official is thinking with everything that I've done for Rome, being an officer and, you know, protecting people and doing all this great things, I had to buy my citizenship for a high price. So how did this Jew get to be a Roman citizen? And so he says to Paul, I bought my citizenship for a great price. And Paul's like, yeah, well, I was born a citizen. (laughs) Meaning that Paul had an even more prestigious citizenship ticket than the Roman official had who had to buy his way into becoming a Roman citizen. Now, because Paul was born a Roman citizen, a lot of people speculate that uh, his family had done something very good for the Roman Empire to help them. And so the Roman Empire granted his parents or his grandparents or something like that um, Roman citizenship. That is what a lot of people speculate anyway. And, and most likely it's true. Somehow Paul's parents or grandparents were citizens and Paul was born a Roman citizen, but he doesn't even look like a Roman citizen. And that is what is so unique about Paul is there weren't many Jews that were actually Roman citizens as well. Paul was a very unique and special case in that way. Immediately finding out that Paul is a Roman citizen, the Roman official, of course, stops the beating right then and there. Paul was not going to get beat. And he brings him back into the barracks. And the Roman official is actually scared. He's freaked out because he's like, holy cow, I just bound a Roman citizen. I hope I don't get into trouble for that. It says in verse 20, the uh, commanding officer was afraid when he realized that Paul was a Roman because he had bound him. So that was already against the law. And I'm sure that the uh, the commanding officer was not too happy thinking that he might get into serious trouble for binding Paul. But it doesn't say that he unbinds Paul immediately, which is kind of interesting. It says the next day, Desiring to know the truth about why Paul was accused by the Jews, he freed him from the bonds and commanded the chief priests and the council to come together and brought Paul down and set him before them. And this is why I've been calling this Roman officer a Roman official is because he clearly had some sort of power in this region of Jerusalem because he commanded the chief priests and the council to come together. So he did have power, this uh, commanding Roman officer. But yeah, that was when he ended up freeing Paul from his bonds, which is kind of interesting. So even though he was already scared that he had bound Paul, he still didn't free him right away. He waited possibly to hear Paul's side of the story. And once he learns Paul's side of the story, that is when he brings in the Sanhedrin and the Jewish council and the chief priests and everything, because he figured out that the reason the Jews were so worked up over Paul was because it was a religious matter. So that was why the the Roman official brought all the Sanhedrin in, the religious leaders, to try to figure out what was happening with Paul. But next week, we're going to get into Paul talking to the Sanhedrin and all the shenanigans that goes on there. Faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will see you all tomorrow for a portion out of 1 Samuel. Until then, happy listening and God bless.